Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Come on, I want to encourage you today to shout me down, okay, brother? Come on, don't, don't hold back. I know you want to. So I encourage you. You like something I'm saying, you shout me down. I'm American, and so in the American church, I mean, I've been in Canada now for eight years. I love, this, I love the country of Canada, and I'm Canadian. Amen? Yes. Amen, Andrew? Amen. Everyone else is like, no, you're not. <laughs> no, I'm Canadian, okay? Uh, but there's something about being in church in the States. They just shut you down. I encourage you today. Shout me down. Now, if it gets really quiet, because I'll probably say some things and I step on your toes today, it's okay. But at the end of it, just say, okay, fine, amen. Amen? Are you awake? Are you here? You want to go into the word? Am I pushing too hard? Okay. Come on. I'm glad you're here today. My name is Ryan and I'm just, I don't know. I just love the church. I just love the word. I love this weather. Praise God. Come on. I'm so excited about this weather. My daughter gave me a little card. Thank you, honey. Little dad. I love you too, sweetie. That's awesome. Come on. And what a great time of worship today. I just want to say thank you to Kyle uh, this was Kyle's first time kind of leading the whole troops. You know, I'm just so proud of him and the team. And uh, what a great day in the house of God. I just love the church. I love Jesus. I love what God's doing in our midst. Amen. He's up to something good. Come on. And next week, we are starting our new series called Prevail. Prevail. And we are doing a 10-week walk through the book of Revelations. Yes, the book of Revelations. And so it's going to be fantastic. Come on back. And uh, the prevail is kind of the over, uh, overarching, underarching theme for our entire series is that the two ideas is this. At the end of the day, uh, we win. The church of Jesus Christ prevails. And we're called to prevail even when life gets challenging and hard. Amen. When things get difficult and they're going to, Jesus continuously is our King of Kings and we will continuously be protected and guarded by him. We need to prevail and it's going to be awesome and you won't want to miss it. I've never preached a sermon on the book of Revelations. So I'm excited because it's going to be new for me uh, and it's going to be fun. So come on back, join us next week, every week online, in person. I encourage you to be in person if you can because just something about being in the house, but I love you online too. You stay there if you need to, no problem. I love you. All right. Well, we've been in a balance series. We've been looking at, uh, I felt the Lord tell me at the beginning of the year, I needed to take, uh, I should have taken two months on this because today you're going to see, I'm going to fill you with a, a, lot of, a lot of good thoughts today, but I should have taken a little bit longer, but that's okay. I want to take some time and really talk to you about uh, how to spot um, false ministries today. Uh, Paul said to Timothy, teach the church how to look out for the wolves, the false ministry that'll cause people to stray away. And I believe that, I believe we're in the end times, uh, but I believe these are the last days. And, and as a church of Jesus Christ, we need to be aware when someone or a ministry or someone is teaching a, a gospel that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so it's my responsibility. If I, I'm only great pastors, uh, I believe I want to aspire to be a great pastor. I'm God willing, we're on the track to being good. Amen. But we're getting there as a church. We're a great church. We're serving Jesus and loving the Lord. And we just want to be a church that Lord loves and that he's pleased with. Amen. 
And so, man, we want you to watch out for different areas of our lives. Make sure we're aware of that. Also, last week, I wanted to really talk about this new thing in the body of Christ, uh, this liberal and progressive Christianity that is permeating the church today. And so we talked about last two weeks what to watch out for. And so today we're going to talk about how to have a healthy, balanced diet. A study was done on people who did not eat a healthy, well-balanced meal three three times a day. And these different cultures that do it differently. But having somewhat of a a healthy diet uh, where you're eating healthy things throughout the day. And individuals who don't eat regularly and health in a healthy diet, well, they found that actually what happens is your body begins to uh, go into overdrive looking to create energy. And in this energy, what it tries to do is create uh, this almost, it's like a frazzledness inside of you. you. The less you eat healthy meal, you fill yourself instantly, but the, the, the food you're eating doesn't satisfy you long enough to keep you content. And so what your body does is it begins to, so almost like this frazzled, I'll call it anxious movings or moving around, but it's not quite anxiety, just this feeling of constant frazzledness. And the reason I wanted to share on this series, because I feel like that's where many people are in the body of Christ today that they're not eating a balanced diet. And so because of that, we're not content with the solid teaching of Scripture. And so we find ourselves searching, frazzling around, looking for something to give us identity and something to meet our need and something to get us excited for God. When in reality, everything you need is right here found in God's Word. And so I'm going to talk with you this morning about just some balanced diets, balanced things as we as a church need to be, but you as an individual need to be, and things we need to do or things we need to engage in in order to be healthy and to be balanced in a day and age where we're talking about all sorts of things. It's easy to get distracted. We need to keep the basics beautiful, major on the majors, minor on the minors, and keep the name of Jesus Christ the center, reach as many lost people, snatch them out of the gates of hell that they might have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, make disciples, water baptize people, have fun doing it in the name of Jesus, right? Come on, we need to build a church. That's balance. And so that's what we're all about today. And so we're going to go into some thoughts and look at this a little bit uh, in the book of Acts. And the book of Acts talks about really the early church. And Peter preached a message in Acts chapter 2, and he's just finishing the message. And he says this, Acts chapter 2, 36, let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucify, that's a good talking point, to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him, And to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? And Paul continued and he said, Peter replied, each of you must repent for your sins and turn to God. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. You'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those who are far away, all who've been called by the Lord our God. Now, I just want to make say this little caveat that those of you who've been in church or been around church for a while, I'm not going to say anything new to you today, but my prayer would be is that you would find a fresh ignition, 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 yeah, in your faith for God, that, that, that something fresh would bubble up within you, a new faith, a new passion for the Lord, a new passion for His Word, a new passion for the house of God, amen, for the local church, that there will be something fresh in you. So don't tune me out when you're like, oh, I know this. Come on, God wants to do something fresh in your life today through God's word. And so we see the first one very clearly, a very unpopular one. We live in a world that does not teach this idea. We need to repent regularly. Biblical repentance requires a change of mind and a turning from our sinful conduct. Biblical repentance requires a change of mind. 
Did you know that one of the, in fact, I believe the key to experiencing a satisfied, content life is repenting regularly? That, that allowing God to come to convict you, but do you recognize that when we repent regularly, God isn't judging us, we are judging us according to the word of God. When you and I repent regularly, I want to tell you today, there is an overwhelming sense of satisfaction, contentment, and joy that comes through constantly recognizing that I don't got it all figured out. I need God in my life. Every single time you, the Holy Spirit convicts you for something in your life, just stop for a moment and say, God, I'm so sorry. You look at that person walking by and it's an impure thought, or you spend the money when you shouldn't have, or you do something that you know does not adhere to God. God's word right when he speaks to you. If you repent regularly, you just get that secret and that stuff out of your life and you honor God. What happens? You experience a significant sense of transformation in your life. This is the, the vital to a healthy, balanced life. Many of us don't repent. Repentance is the key. Repentance is the gateway, the access key to experiencing a life-giving relationship with God and allowing him to change the old way you thought and allowing him to convict you of the conduct. But let me tell you, the conduct of sin, trust me, I lived for a long time in sin's prison, even as a follower of Jesus Christ. And this is what I've realized. The less I conduct myself in sinful ways, the more I fall in love with my wife. The less I invest myself in his sinful behavior, the more I see God's provision in my life. The more I repent and recognize my area of sin is no longer valuable for me, the more I experience an abundant life that God intended for me. Listen, this is so foundational, but it is something that followers of Jesus need to hear. You and I need to recognize the power of repenting regularly. Look at this verse in Psalms 34. This is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, Psalms 32. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy is for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt. Look at this, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. Can you imagine being in the presence of the Lord and saying, God, I mean, like, I'm searching here. I am born into sin. I am a sinful person just by nature. But God... Man, I'm living a blameless life, not perfection. You're living a life that constantly is saying, all right, Lord, I'm gonna, I wanna be pleasing to you in everything that I do. That you're living a life where he says, wow, look at you in your pursuit of living in complete honesty before the Lord. When I refuse to confess my sin, and you might say, this is you today, I know it was sure me, my body wasted away. My strength was sapped. I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. Come on, you need to say something to your wife. Come on, you need to say something to an accountability partner. You need to say something to that pastor. You need to say something to that group leader. Oh, no, 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 they won't like me, or they won't love me, or they'll never talk to me again, or they won't think that I'm this. Yeah, that's sure the lie of the devil. This hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And look at this. You forgave me and all my guilt is gone. You want to experience a powerful time in the presence of the Holy Spirit? Repent. You want to experience a powerful time in your group? Repent. <laughs> you want to experience the local church and everything God intended? Repent. You want to experience breakthrough in your life and the abundance of God in your life? Repent. 
The more we recognize our need for God, the more God says, perfect, now I can pour myself out on you. Stop trying to do it on your own. Repentance is powerful. You will be settled and grounded and, and deeply satisfied through simply recognizing you ain't all that. <laughs> I need you, Jesus. I don't got this figured out, Lord. I need you. And Lord, every time I sin, Lord, help me be quick to repent so I can be quick to experience your grace. Come on, the second thought, you might say, Ryan, I know this, but hang on. Get water baptized. In outward evidence and public confirmation of the inward work of God in your heart and mind. Many of you say, Ryan, I know this, but listen, there are so many followers of Jesus today who have not been water baptized. Listen, the reason I want you to get water baptized isn't because if you don't, it doesn't mean you're going to go to hell. You can spend an eternity with Jesus and not get water baptized. Did you know that? You don't get water baptized for salvation. Salvation is the free gift from God by faith. Water baptism is, is simply you making a decision to externally uh, express the internal work of God in your life. But you want to know what's beautiful? Something that I never really thought about. Do you know that when you get water baptized, you know what happens when you get water baptized? You are now a part of the most powerful organization in the world called the local church. And I hate the word organization, but let me just use that very lightly. You're now a part where when you enter into the body of Christ, it doesn't matter about your race. It doesn't matter about your skin color. It doesn't matter about your gender. It doesn't matter what you do for a living, if you're rich or you're poor. It's the great equalizer that when you get water baptized, you are now birthed into a relationship with Christ that comes through being a part of the body of Christ. Look what the scripture says in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Some of us are Jews and some are Gentiles and some are slaves and some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. Look at this in Galatia, Romans. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we may also live new lives. Galatians chapter three, and all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew. There is no longer Gentile. You know, our governments and our world is trying to eradicate all of this political stuff when it comes to uh, racism and things like that. In the church of Jesus Christ, there is no racism. We are the great equalizer. Now, there is existence in the world today, but we want to be a church and be a people who doesn't see skin color, doesn't see gender, doesn't see these things because we are baptized into the same body of Jesus Christ. We want all nationalities. We want all gender. We want all colors. We want all people to come together in the house of the Lord to exalt the name of Jesus Christ. And you get to do that through water baptism. You become a part of something bigger than yourself. You become part of something that's powerful. You become a part of something that's larger than you. Now, what happens is, is that when you get water baptized, you actually experience new identity. You no longer have to run around looking for identity. I'm going to find myself here. And this is what happens with most false ministries. People are looking for a new identity by joining different environments where they can be found. You know, you're found in the house of God. And you get water baptized. And if you haven't been water baptized today, I want to encourage you, it's not just about your personal experience. It's also about you identifying that I'm a part of the house of God. And I'm a part of this spiritual family. And I am now identified as one of them. 
Come on today. If you haven't been water baptized, join my son. He's getting water baptized this summer. He said, he said, Dad, I want to get water baptized. I want to preach the gospel. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm like, dang, bro. He's like, let's get water baptized. I'm like, well, do you love Jesus? He's like, yes. I'm like, you better check that, son, because you've got to love Jesus. No, I'm just kidding. He's going to get water baptized. We encourage you. If you want to and you have it, come on, let's do it together. It'll be super fun. Come on, the third one. Hope you're okay today. The third one is this. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. The power of the Spirit evidenced in our character. Spiritual giftings and capacity to be a witness for Christ. I'm going to say it out loud. I am not talking about speaking in tongues. I speak in tongues. I have the gift of speaking in tongues. I pray all of you would have the gift of speaking in tongues. But I am not talking about tongues. I am talking about the activity of the Holy Spirit in your life that is manifest through your character and how you live. Love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, self-control, the activity of the Spirit of God actively moving in your life. Come on, we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit in our lives to preach the good news of the gospel. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit in our lives to be the parents that God's called us to be. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit in our lives to be men and women of God, of righteousness, to be husbands and to be wives and to serve the Lord. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit in our life. Amen? Man, we need the indwelling of the Spirit of God to continue to be filling us and filling our lives so that we might actually live a life that has the conduct of a follower of Jesus. That doesn't come by you doing a good thing. It doesn't come by you acting the part. That simply and only comes by the participation of the Holy Spirit in your life who gives you the capacity to be the person God's called you to be. That's the beauty of the Spirit of God dwelling within us. But did you know that in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit did not come upon people, upon, inside of people? I mean, look what Moses said in Numbers chapter 11. Moses replied, are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his Spirit upon them all. In order for people to, God would only put his spirit upon people who were like really chosen. Moses, the Elijah, the different individuals on, 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 um, on Ruth and Deborah and all these individuals. Those were the ones who experienced the very presence of God. But people like you and me, regular old folk, had to go to the temple and stand on the outside of the thing and wait for the priest to go inside to the Holy of Holies. We never were able to experience what you and I can experience today. Many of us don't realize that when we became followers of Jesus Christ, you were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't remember what it was like not to have the Spirit of God in us. And in fact, I often take credit for things that only the Spirit of God gave me the capacity to do because I've gotten so used to being transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit, I begin to take credit for it. We have to remember that we are filled by the Holy Spirit and he enables you to do things in the house of the Lord, spiritual gifting, gifts on your life. He gives you the capacity that it's only the Holy Spirit's activity in your life. So I encourage you today, recognize it and say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me again. Holy Spirit, come and transform me again. Holy Spirit, come and move in my life again. Come on, let's get the Holy Spirit. Let's be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we remember Joel came in chapter, chapter two of Joel after doing all those things. I will pour out my spirit upon, look at this, all people. Not the holy people, not the perfect people, not the people who give the most, not the people who look the part. All people. Say all people with me. All people. I guess you say it and then I'll say it. Come on. All people. 
Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old man will dream dreams. Your young man will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on the servants. He said, even on those who are, don't look like they deserve it. Men, look at this, and women alike. I'm not going to go on that, but just tell you, men and women alike. Come on, we, we honor women in the house of the Lord. Amen. We're not just about men. We ain't just about women. We're about alike. He wants to pour out his spirit on all people. And then you remember in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came down and filled those people. What did they do? The scripture says that they began to speak in an intelligible language. The people, all the nations that were there heard the testimony about God in their native tongue. They were given the enablement to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter's done preaching. And then it comes to this. Peter continued preaching, and I added with many words because that's in another translation, so I threw it in there, continued preaching with many words, and for a long time, strongly urging all of his listeners, he was a very harsh preacher. Save yourselves from this freaking generation! Those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to this church that day about 3,000 and all with many words. We don't see Peter teach any of these things. We don't see Peter give a, a, a huge picture of what to do we just see the scripture identify he continued to preach for a long time with many words. So where do we learn about this? Well, just the next several verses we see, it wasn't just something that they believed with their mind. We see a group of people called the local church, the Ecclesia, begin to live out a certain way of life, which was the balanced life that you and I are supposed to be living as followers of Jesus. So we repent, water baptize, filled with the Spirit, but many of us stop there. We have to recognize that in the Scripture, he continues and he says this, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer, a deep sense of awe, fear came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything that they had, and they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need, and they worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, shared their meals with great joy and generosity, and all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those that were being saved. We see that the church began to live out. Now, just a little caveat here. When they got saved, they didn't just go and do their own thing. The moment they became followers of Jesus Christ and repented and, and got water baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, guess what they did? They became a part of a healthy local church. And as they did that, they began to see expressions of things in their life. Here's the, the first one we see from this. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching. Their teaching, not their teching, their teaching was centered on Jesus. Be very careful that when you hear different preachers on podcasts and YouTube, if you don't hear the preaching about Jesus, you need to unsubscribe. Did you know there are those who are saying we should disconnect the Old Testament from the New Testament and leave out the later teachings of Paul and just focus on the teaching of Jesus? Did you know that Genesis leads to Jesus? Exodus leads to Jesus. Leviticus, praise God, leads to Jesus. Every single book and every single word leads to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Every book, every letter, every word, all points back to the centrality of Jesus Christ. 
You and I need to consider that reality that if we are not becoming more like Jesus, learning more about the character of Jesus, becoming more like Christ and the knowledge of Christ, you are not listening to correct Bible teaching. And they were devoted. That word devoted in the Greek means they addicted themselves to teachings about Jesus Christ. And the second thought here is that they are, rather the sixth thought, I guess, devote yourself to fellowship and communion with Christ. Not just a mental assent to a doctrinal creed, but this involved having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Many of us just go to church, but don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Many of us just stay home and read our Bible, but aren't a part of a local church. I'm here to tell you today, you cannot have, you're not going to like this, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ outside of being a part of a healthy local church. You cannot have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ by just going to a healthy local church. You need both. Study gatherings are not about you just knowing God more. Study gatherings are about you confirming what you already know about God. That you've learned in your own time of communion and fellowship with Jesus Christ by reading your word and spending time with your Jesus as often as you can. When you come on Sunday, you shouldn't have new revelation because I'm not, I'm not a special teacher or guru. I'm just showing you scripture. I want to encourage you today. When you come to church, you should be saying, oh yeah, God's been speaking that to me. Oh yeah, God's been sharing that with my heart. Oh yeah, God's been speaking that heart to me. Oh yeah, during worship, the Lord spoke that. Oh, they said that. Yeah, that, that's right with me. That confirms in my heart what God's been speaking to me. Come on. It's your responsibility to pursue a communion and fellowship with your Savior, Jesus Christ. But it's also your, your, your responsibility to be a part of a healthy local church. Never in scripture do we see in an individual reality of our relationship with God. It is always with people. And you and I need to recognize that as we engage in the local church, it increases your communion and your fellowship with God. Well, we got to just sit and stop. I'm, getting, I'm being honest today. I hope that's okay. we got to just stop sitting our bums in these comfy theater chairs and start pursuing Jesus. Come on, start knowing Jesus better and watch what happens in your life. You are going to experience the abundant life of a transformed life. Because when you know Jesus better, he changes the way you think. You're a better husband. You're a better wife. You're a better spouse. You're a better parent. As you know Jesus better, the things begin to just to fade away from your life. I recognize now more than ever that when I spent so long in sin's prison, even as a pastor in the past and married and as a Christian, there was things in my life that were unhealthy and rituals and habits that were just not good for my life. And as I looked at those things, I realized now the more I pursue a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, those things are not nowhere near the life that I have right now. Come on, Jesus wants to have a personal relationship with you. Come on, it says to devote yourself to the breaking of bread and communion together. And you say, Ryan, what does that happen in our church? What happens in our groups? COVID's created a bit of a problem. But as my friend Andrew pointed out, it says as often as you can. So in this season, it's been rather challenging with online. I'm not sure how we could kind of do it online, but it's just been a challenge. And so we're going to get back into a season where we're doing communion regularly. I was going to do it today, but we didn't have enough time today. So we're, we're going to keep creating those environments. But you want to know why communion is so important? Communion and the breaking of bread is vital for you in your walk with God. Because when you take communion, you are the Bible says to examine yourself before you take it. When you are reflecting on the cross, the blood, the body of Jesus, as I mentioned earlier, 
the Holy Spirit begins to convict you and you begin to recognize that in your life, he died for that sin. What happens when we begin to work sin out of our life is this, you begin to experience holiness. And you know the scriptures say that you will not see the Lord without living a holy life. You and I can't live a holy life by doing good things or living the perfect life. You and I only can live a holy life by the indwelling of the power of the Holy Spirit and accepting and embracing the forgiveness and the salvation of Jesus. And so when you and I take communion together, do you know what that does for our church? That means that when we experience uh, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we are restored back into the person that God's called us to be, and we begin to experience holiness as a church. And guess what God does when the church is holy? He moves in a powerful way. When there is holiness in the house of the Lord, you experience an indwelling and an outpouring of the Spirit of God in your life. Holiness in a world where holiness is not valued. My God Almighty, help us. When you turn on the TV and Netflix and TikTok and all these things, I think, oh my gosh, we want to be a holy people. Without communion and the breaking of bread in our lives, we become apathetic, anemic, lackadaisical, and we forget that Christ Jesus has died for us. So we're going to get back. Andrew told me not to say this, but I'm going to say I apologize as a pastor. We're not making that a higher priority in our church. Do you forgive me? Yes. And ongoing, we're going to create those environments because I want to be a holy church. And I want Jesus to use us to reach many people for the kingdom of God. Come on, here's the next one. Come on, I hope you're okay today. Hey, devote yourself personally and corporately to prayer. I'm going to say this. The way to revive the church of Jesus Christ is through prayer. The way to maintain the revival is through prayer. It's not through miracles. It's not through a great sermon. It's not through doing good things. The way for you to experience revival in your life is simply through prayer. Personally praying in your life, yes. But there is something powerful when you pray corporately as a church. Two or three are gathered in my name. What does the scripture say? God is there. We have prayer every Wednesday night at 6.30 to 7.30. And we just pray. We just, there's nothing fancy. Andrew gets up there and sings, and I constantly rebuke him from doing so. I told him he stepped out in the flesh anytime he sings. It's just terrible. No, I'm just kidding. He does have a terrible voice, though. But <laughs> you sing to the Lord in a beautiful new song. The Lord loves it, but I don't. No, I'm just kidding. Andrew and I are buddies. I can say that to him. He won't, were. <laughs> he said were. Ron said, what are you talking about? He Andrew said we were friends, but it's okay. Come on, I want to encourage you. Make a habit. It's only one hour. And I want to tell you something. Not only will he bring revival to your life, but he will bring revival to our church. And we will maintain revival through praying together. And as we pray together, God answers prayer. Come on, the church got together when Dale was sick. Dale was sick and the the doctor said, you're going to die. You have 30% chance of living and you're going to die. And guess what happened? The church began to pray. Dale came to church last two weeks and He's on the road to recovery. God healed his body in the name of Jesus. Why? Because we corporately prayed together and believe that God's going to do something supernatural in his life. Amen? So come on. Okay, here we go. You ready? Come on. Fear God. Fear of the Lord. The Bible says that a sense of awe, a sense of fear came over every soul. 
healthy fear of the Lord is evidence that he is the dominant force in our lives and that we must take account for our lives on this planet. Fear can be healthy, but it depends on the subject of your fear. I want you to hear me today, and I'm going to say this boldly. I'm going to step on some of your toes. As followers of Jesus Christ, there is only one thing we fear, and his name is Jesus. We're not afraid of government. We're not afraid of disease. We're not afraid of death. We're not afraid of what might happen to us in the future. We're not afraid of economies. We are not afraid. We are called to fear God and fear God alone. We live in a day and age where we are encouraging one another to be afraid of a disease. We fear God. God is our provider. God is our protector. God is our provision. God is our helper. I look to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help doesn't come from the government. My help doesn't come from people. My help doesn't come from anywhere but one place, and his name is Jesus Christ. We are called church to fear the Lord and fear the Lord alone. A great sense of fear came over them all. They walked and talked, driven by one person. There is no man and no woman and no government and no politician and no policy that will keep me from living my life. It says, I fear God and God alone. We live in the, pan not the pandemic of sickness or disease. We live in a pandemic of fear. And today I'm here today like a prophet. A call out of us, church. Fear that drives us to make decisions, to do certain things. Only the Lord should be the reason we, we are fearful of the Lord. I want to live in fearful contentment to the Lord. Lord, are you pleased with my decision? Father, I, I, do you want me to make this step? I fear you. God, I fear you because I want you to be pleased with my decisions. We won't be a church that's driven by fear. We won't be a church that allows the, the very pandemic of the enemy is fear. And I, you might be saying, oh man, here he goes. He's probably going right wing here, crazy. I'm your conspiracy theory. But let me just say to you, the, the reason that governments and individuals across the world have tried to bring fear is because they don't have Jesus as their center. When Jesus is your center, perfect love gets out fear. Do you think that the early church was afraid of disease? Do you think the early church was afraid of death? Do you think the early church was afraid of persecution? I'm sure there was natural realities to this, but as followers of Jesus Christ, a fear came across the people of God that I will only stand for the truth for God's word. I fear God and God alone. I know I'm stepping on some toes, but I just want to be an encourager to you today to recognize that we should not be afraid of death. Do you remember that followers of Jesus, we live forever. Jesus said it. He says, we never die. So if Jesus chooses to take me, guess what? Because I believe in the power of the afterlife and eternal life with Christ that is more real than this planet. Fear can just not control me. Fear of the approval of the people. Fear of the approval of those who are above us. Fear of those around us. The fear of man is the great pandemic of the church. I want to encourage you today. Fear God and God alone. 
speak to the spirit of fear that are in some of your lives today. Speak to that crippling fear that comes over you, that has come over you in this season. I'm here to tell you today, God and God alone is our salvation. God and God alone is our protector. God and God alone is our help in our time of need. No government, no man, no politician, only Jesus. This, I believe, is crippling many of us from living a balanced life. Keeps us making decisions based on people, based on approval. Fear of what they might do to me. I only am afraid of my Jesus. If he's pleased with me. You know, someone once said something powerful. Said, Ryan, purity of heart is the ability to look Jesus in the eyes. That means that one day when I go to heaven, I'm, you know, like a little baby boy who makes a mistake and they put their heads down and they look up, the eyes look away. I want to be able to look Jesus right in the eyes and say, Lord, I did everything you asked me to do. I didn't allow fear to stop me. And when you do that, your entrance into the kingdom of God will be this. Good job. My good and the faithful. Church, choose to fear the Lord. Make that the centerpiece of your life. Make that the centerpiece of your parenting. Make that the centerpiece of your job. Make that the centerpiece of your career. That I am a citizen of heaven. And I stand today as, a, as an ambassador for the kingdom of God. I fear God and God alone. And there will be a fresh boldness in you to live the life that God intended you to live. A balanced church, a balanced person makes God and God alone the reason they make decisions. You okay? <laughs> Come on, I'm just going to pound through these next one. If I did get to them in the first service, but I feel like I need to linger a little bit longer in that moment. Come on, let's, the next one is this. Expect and pray for signs and wonders with the right motive. Signs and wonders follow the preaching of Jesus. Signs and wonders should be happening in our church. Dale, salvation, people's financial blessing. All throughout the church is people being healed and transformed. God answering prayers. Come on, we need to expect and believe. Listen, the, the, the power of miracles has not stopped. Jesus is still the miracle worker. That has not ceased. He still works in miracles today. He still heals bodies. He still restores the sight. He still raises the dead. Our God is a miracle-working God. It is a church. We should expect and pray for miracles to happen in our church. Because when Jesus is preached, miracles follow. Do we pursue miracles? No. We pursue Jesus. We preach Jesus. And guess what? Oh, he decided to heal you. Praise God. Expect it. Pray for it. Believe in it. Come on, we need to care for others and have concern for the common welfare of others in our church. We, this is important for you to recognize that this is how you live a balanced life. That when you come to church, it's so easy to make it about your personal experience. It's easy to make it about how I enjoyed it and how I liked it. But listen, the value of being a balanced individual is that the way to experience care and concern for others is you feel their emotion. That when Michelle, when you're down, I'm down. Come on, when, when you're up, I'm up. When you're successful, I'm successful. When you're struggling, I'm struggling. Because that's what the body of Christ is all about. 
We can't create an individualistic reality where it's just about how I'm doing. No, as a balanced follower of Jesus Christ, you recognize the needs and the challenges of other people and we begin to create equality. See, the government tries to do a, a distribution of wealth. And you want to know why the government can't succeed at that? It's because they're just trying to copy the local church. The difference between the government and the local church is the government is not centered on Jesus. But we should walk into the local church and this is what they should say about us. We have no needs. Some of you make triple times what I make for a living. That means God's blessed you. Does that mean you need to go sell your house today and give it to me? Well, if you want, bless you. No, you don't go sell to make yourself poor or go in debt. God gives you abundance so you can meet the need of others. Then God gave them abundantly and they meet the needs of others. And you walk into a church, you see, wow, this church doesn't see color. And this church doesn't necessarily see the difference between a man and a woman. And this church has equality. And man, there's no need. See, this is what God wants from your life to feel what others feel. But you can't feel what others feel if you're not around. You can't experience the power of a balanced life of having someone concerned for you and you having concern for them if you never see each other. This is why our groups are so powerful. This is why being in the house of God is so powerful. This is why being in prayer and being a part of the different things are so powerful. Say, Ryan, why do we do those things? Because I recognize that when you experience the, the powerful realities of being together in the local church, guess what happens? You begin to experience empathy and compassion for others. And God uses you, man, where, Ryan, where can I serve? Serve by listening to the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I say, you need to meet that need. You'll meet it. It'll be blessed and fulfilled and satisfied. Why? Simply because you went to a group. And you walked in and said, okay, Lord, I want to receive, but I also want to give. It's not just about being on a team or being on the stage. It's about you being attentive to the voice of the Holy Spirit so that you can cause equality among the church of Jesus Christ and feel fulfillment in your life, not because of what you do, but because of who you're being led by, the power of the Holy Spirit. The next one, I'm almost finished. This is kind of the same idea, but pursue unity with diversity. I want to encourage you with something today. Unity is what brings the glory of God to a church. When there was a problem in the church, they didn't leave the church. They worked it out. They fought for one another. There's power in you pursuing unity. The devil wants to get you upset and offended and frustrated and whatever. All those things happen to all of us, trust me. But when we come together, we recognize we have differences and frustrations and offenses. When we work towards unity with diversity, what God starts to do is start to help you use your spiritual gifting in the church. And so there's diversity among us where we're all doing different things, but there's unity. Now, I want to just say this, and I don't want to offend anyone because I recognize that all of us are in different places, and I've already stepped on tons of feet today. But July 1st, they're lifting the restrictions. 70% vaccinated across Alberta. Can I encourage you today? We're going to continue to have, we want to build a big online campus and have an online community for those who can't come. If you're feeling like, man, I'm not sure, we're going to create a space in the church where there'll be social distancing and masks for those who want to wear masks. But I just want to say this today. Please come back to church. Please join a group. Please 
It's easy for each of us to make this season of COVID as we've got into this normal rhythm of not being in the house of God. And I plead with you, implore with you with no hidden agenda. I want you to experience what unity feels like. Some of you are gonna stay online and I want you to know today, that's all right. But I wanna encourage you, I wanna implore you, come back to the house of the Lord. Come into the house of God. Be with one another. If you can't join it, we'll have an online group and we'll continue to have an online community. But if you're saying, Ryan, I'm not sure, let me be the one who pushes you over the edge. Come on today, come to the house of God, please. Something happens in unity. And when there's unity and diversity, the glory of God comes down and you experience what you've been looking for all along in the house of God is the glory of God falling down on your life. Don't allow COVID to be an experience or an excuse any longer. I know you're all in different places. I give you permission to go through that. I want to have a conversation, all those things. Hear my heart. I just want you to ask the Holy Spirit. He might push you a little bit and say, come on, I need you in the house of the Lord. Come on, I need you back on that team. I need you in that group. Come on, I, you've got a musician gift. You need to be on the stage or maybe you need to be in the kids ministry. Or Come on, we need you in the house of God. Unify with diversity, amen? Come on, let me give you this last two here real quick. Look at this. Reach those who are far from God, amen. We need to reach lost people with your life. Serve the needs of the city. We're so excited. We have an amazing partnership with Hope Mission where we serve kids across the, 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 the city. But we're also developing a new relationship with the Pregnancy Resource Center where we're able to help stop abortion. Now it's touchy, but we want to stop it. We want to be a part of the reconciliation of families. We want to be a part of adoption in the house of God. We want to have our own adoption agency through the church. We want to have foster care happening. Why? Because James says that pure and undefiled religion is this, to take care of widows and orphans. So we get to start doing parenting classes and we get to start helping them and we get to partnering with them. We also have an event in fall. 150 people are coming out that are part of a foster care community, foster families, and we're doing a huge partner uh, picnic forum. And we've done this every single year. We went from 15 people to 150 in one year. We need to meet the needs of the city. Lastly is this. This is what I want to encourage you with as you leave today with all the time that I've taken from you. <laughs> Live with joyous contentment. The church, the, the early church, this balanced idea of living, they were joyful. The word in the scripture, they said that they had generosity and they had joy. That word in the Greek means extreme, exuberant joy. You want to know why this is important for you? I just got to say it. Followers of Jesus should not be experiencing a lack of joy. Now, I have the chemicalness of depression and anxiety. I experienced that. I know my story, but I experienced that. The, the chemical, physical reaction. So it's hard. But do you recognize, I realize something. Joy is not an emotion that I feel. It's an acceptance of the salvation and the forgiveness of Jesus. And whenever I think about the forgiveness of my Savior, a joy percolates in my heart. And I'm just so overwhelmed by the blessings that God has given me despite me being such a wretched sinner. You say, Ryan, I'm worse than you. Oh, trust me, I'd be first in line for the altar call today. I need Jesus worse than anybody else in my life. And that's why I was always so full of joy. Because he restores the joy of your salvation. I encourage you today, a balanced life of a follower of Jesus. If you're not a joyful person, 
I want to encourage you to go back to the beginning where you met Jesus. And remember, you ain't got nothing that you got unless you have a personal relationship with the Father. Jesus is the reason He's blessed you abundantly. Jesus is the reason you have that job. Jesus is the reason you have those children. Jesus is the reason you're living in Calgary, in this beautiful city. Jesus is the reason. Jesus is the reason. And that just percolates such joy in me. Thank you, God. This joyful contentment in your life to recognize that this great joy is who we are called to be. Come on. We want to have fun building the house of God even when life sucks. <laughs> enjoy one another. Amen. Come on, why don't you stand to your feet today? I want you to live a balanced life. We experience the abundance that God has for you. And you're not just stuck. I want you to be free and live the abundant life. Amen. Balanced life. Father, we just pray right now, Lord, for everybody in the room, those watching online. Thank you, Lord, that everything we talked about today is directly from Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47. Lord, we just pray today, Father, that we would be a balanced people. We wouldn't run to and fro looking for things to satisfy our carnal nature, but we would constantly be committed to the very basic realities that are found in Scripture. For those in the room who are struggling with past hurts from churches, or those in the room who don't know you, Father, and want to have a relationship with you, or those, God, who are struggling with fear, or whatever it might be, maybe they feel disconnected. God, today let them know that, Father, you want them a part of the house of the Lord, and you want to liberate them from fear. You want to liberate them from past wounds and pains, and you want them to be a part of the house of the Lord. Today I pray you be with them, God. Help us to live a balanced life led by the Holy Spirit and believe in the power of the Holy, uh, power of Jesus' name. We love you in Jesus' name, amen. If you're watching online, you're in the room, you want to give your life to Jesus, it's very simple. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you'll be saved. If you'd like to do that, we'd love to talk with you. Email us at info at lovecitychurch.ca. You want prayer? Email us at info at lovecitychurch.ca. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.